In today's episode, we are talking about the Gospel of John, chapter 17. We're looking at this as a passage that can help us to understand the heart of Jesus, but also a passage that we can pray as parents. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Hello, and welcome back to our Life Beyond the Chariot. I am one of your hosts, Mickey Siba, the catechetical specialist here at the St. Philip Institute, and my co-host. I'm Deanna Johnston, the director of Family Life. All right, we have some stuff we are going to get into today, but before we dive into that, uh, would you lead us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of our faith. We thank you for the Lenten journey that we are on. Uh, Lord, we ask that you walk with us um, through this desert. We ask that you open our hearts to receive you and to trust in your word day by day. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are recording this um, on the Monday after Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday, that whole, all last week was kind of crazy entering into Lent. Uh, I know when we were talking about episodes and what to do, um, I really wanted to just talk to you and get your thoughts on John chapter 17, because it's something that I just recently read and it really stuck with me. So that's our topic for today is going through John 17, which is the last prayer that Jesus says before he's arrested. Uh, But it's also the longest recorded prayer of Jesus in scripture. And I thought that going into Lent um, to sort of get our hearts in a place um, that is united with the heart of Jesus uh, would be good. And so just to dive into John 17 and how God spoke to us in that, because already Lent has been crazy. Right, <laughs> right, right. So we're coming off of uh, Snowpocalypse 2021 in Texas. And I think for a lot of us Texans, it feels like we experienced all of Lent in the course of five days. <laughs> and it's been a lot. We had power outages. People are without water. Um, we're still under a boil notice here in Tyler but just very chaotic. And I know I didn't feel like I had the time to really prepare for Lent. I feel like I kind of stumbled into Lent head over heels. And, uh, and now it's like, oh, we're here <laughs> and I should be doing, I should be doing the things. But really a lot of last week was really just spent on, let's make sure the pipes don't burst. Let's make sure like physically our family's okay, that we have heat, all of those things. But it's just different. It's like Lent of last year, a little bit chaotic. Yeah, for sure. Like this was the first Ash Wednesday that I haven't been able to go in. I can't even remember. I mean, uh, the snow was a lot here in Texas. I mean, it was like six inches, if not more. And some people got like 10 or more. So it's crazy. It was unbelievable. And so we just 
it was just not safe for us to drive because of the ice. And so we were just stuck at our house, not really able to go anywhere until um, after a whole week until Saturday uh, when the snow finally started melting. And um, yeah, it was just crazy. So it was, it was a different entering into Lent. Um, and like you said, just not really a whole lot of time, at least on my end, to prepare. And really all last week was we have some animals. So it was just about keeping them alive. Like we had to go check on them multiple times because their water kept freezing. <laughs> I mean, it was wild. And so I'm so happy that we can spend this time together now though, like really maybe getting my, my head straight, my heart straight as we, cause we are in the beginning of Lent and we have a long time to go. Yes. <laughs> so we're still good. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love the idea of reading through this prayer of Jesus. Um, and because that's one of the things that has really been on my heart is to know more the heart of Christ. Mm. Um, and cause I know I, well, I think most of us just have this deep desire to just be known, mm. know that we're known by Jesus. Um, and it's almost as if like I've been desiring that same thing, like wanting to really know the heart of Christ. And when I read this prayer, so two things came to me when I read this prayer. One is that I think it just reveals more of the heart of Jesus. Mm. Uh, and two, one of the things that struck me is there's so many things in here that I also pray for my children mm. that are powerful. And so I ended up writing a prayer based on this for my kids uh, because I just thought that there was so much good stuff in there as to um, what we hope for, for our children. And I think that when people read this, they'll see what Jesus prayed for. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so much of it is relevant to our time now as well. Like as I was going through it and seeing the things that I had underlined years and years ago but like this call for unity and how jesus prays for his disciples but he's praying for us and thinking about the times that we're living in right now um, and we all acknowledge that 2020 was something else um, and very disruptive to our way of life and for many of us we experienced um, a lot of challenges in our faith um, not being able to go to mass um, just that whole yeah, <laughs> Lent of last year was quite the experience for a lot of us. And then entering into Lent this year, where for some, it still feels chaotic or a new type of chaos. Um, but recognizing like Christ is Christ's desire for us to draw close to him, to draw close to the father um, and to remain united to his heart through all of that, that really resonated with me all throughout. But yeah, I'm excited to just go through this. It's very relevant. So I encourage our listeners, I don't know if they want to um, either pause right now and then go read John 17 and then come back, um, or if they just want to listen to us first and then go read it. But please, whatever you do, please read John chapter 17. It's a great reflection during our Lenten time together, because I know when we read scripture, God is going to speak to us in different ways. Um, so yes, he wants us to be one and united in um, our faith. But he also is going to communicate things to us differently depending on our state of life. So nothing is a substitute for reading the scripture. Uh, so please go read John chapter 17. Um, 
So one of the things that struck me at the very beginning is when Jesus goes to pray, um, as he says, it says he raised his eyes to heaven. Mm. And so, and I'm sure there are so many things on his heart and, but he goes, for some reason that just stuck with me because there are many times when I enter into prayer and I come in from a place of just um, really looking at myself, mm. like things that I'm asking for, things that I want instead of just like taking a break and, and lifting my eyes to God and like, okay. Um, Cause sometimes when it can be like a one way talk, okay, okay, Lord, here's what I want. And it's just coming from a place of my earthly situation, my earthly experience and telling God, here's what I'd like you to do with it. Or here's what I want help with. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but to just pause and look the things of heaven. And I think that when we, well, all the time, but especially during Lent, it's a great reminder to just like, am I allowing God to breathe into my life and this situation before I speak, before I act, um, before I think like, am I just like, okay, Lord, show me heavenly things like your wisdom, mm-hmm. your ways, Um, And so just that simple gesture, like raising my eyes to heaven before I even utter a word in my prayer Mm. was something that struck me. No, I love that. I love that. The posture of prayer makes a difference. How we, Uh yeah, because it is, it is very easy to focus on just like, here you go, Lord, here's the wish list, but to look to the father. Ah, that's beautiful. Um. Yeah, that does something that I just know I need to work on is how I approach prayer, uh, first and foremost. Uh, And then one of the other things that I just, I mean, this part really just sets me like on fire. I get energized in this one, but in verse four, um, Jesus says, I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work you gave me to do. And I have stars by that. It is underlined because really when we think about it, our life is about giving glory to God. And then I really started thinking about like, how do we do that? Like, how do we give glory to God? Um, And I think first, you know, it's about accomplishing the work that he gave us to do. Mm. Right. I mean, to fulfill his mission. Now that's, that could be a whole series of podcasts, <laughs> right? Cause I'm still figuring it out. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what God is calling me to. But I think that that was the part in, in why I sort of turned this into like a parent's prayer for their children is because there are some things that we know for sure God has given us to do. Like, I think there's some very evident things um, that we know God has called us to like obeying the 10 commandments, um, we know that God has called us to do that. Uh, following the teachings of the church, we know that God has called us to do that. Um, when God has called us to a vocation, we know that that is what we are called to do. Exactly. Now, I know that there's some other things, um, even within those, um, that we have to do further discernment on like, okay, do we do this or that? And that can be a little bit harder, but God has spoken definitively um, in his word and in his church, Mm. things that we are already called to do. So we just got to do it, (laughs) you know, and I 
think, <clears throat> but I think too, I think because of the past year that we've been in, um, it has been very difficult. Like one of the things that we're called to do um, is to pull the Sabbath and go to church. And with the pandemic, they're like, even that was taken away. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that in some places, uh, it's still pretty strict on being able to go. So I don't know if I'd say this is, a, well, maybe a danger, but I think we have fallen into an area where, and a lot of it is out of our control. Right. Where some of the things that God has called us to do, we've just kind of, um, it's allowing us to become soft. Yeah, complacent. And it's like, yeah. I know some people who were watching church services on like religiously every Sunday, if they couldn't physically go to church. And then that has even kind of dwindled. Do you know what I mean? Um, they're like, oh, well, we could probably make it, but we're, we're not going to go. Do you know? And I just think that, that wavering and sort of losing that, no, we need whatever God has called us to do, we need to do what we can to make sure that we do our part in that. Right. Like the things that are within our control. Uh, and I think that's a message that we can take during Lent too is, you know, God is calling us regardless of our situation or kind of what has happened this past year. And many people have suffered great devastation, but God is still calling us to prayer, fasting and almsgiving. Like, um, now it looked different, right? Um, but to really be like, okay, Lord, how can I glorify you? Mm. Um, I know for me as a wife and a mom, like that's one of the things that I'm really kind of trying to focus on um, because that's a definitive work that God has called me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And this, the souls that he's entrusted to us as mothers, as parents, he hasn't given those children to anybody else. Like, like I have Alexandria, Simon, Elena, and Leo, like God has given me those gifts. And I, I really love what you said about really being faithful to our vocation and being faithful to, to the work, because it's, I think it's very easy to look, um, to look externally or to look like I should be doing all of these other things, or especially with Lent too, is to think, well, I should just be doing uh, a whole host of all things, like several different devotionals or, or things like that. But what if this Lent God is calling me to simply be faithful in a deeper way and, a, uh, and to glorify him in a new way through my vocation? How am I loving my children this Lent? How am I loving my spouse? Just like that hierarchy of relationships. How am I being faithful as a wife and a mother um, this Lent? And yes, the prayer, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, that, that has to be done that, and, and being rooted in our relationship with God. Um, but if, if we're so focused on like the externals or um like going through a specific devotional and, and, but I'm not loving my family the way that God's calling me to, then I'm not glorifying God through the vocation that I'm in right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No. And I think one of the things, and I love that you said that, like, how am I loving my, my husband and how am I loving my children? Because I think in this past year, many people have encountered additional stress and anxiety. Yep. I have been put into situations where it has become harder yeah. <laughs> to love our husband and our kids the way that we're supposed to. Mm. 
the way that we're called to. And I know for me, it was a wake up call. And I realized that I was not doing as good of a job as I thought I was mm. uh, in those areas. And it has revealed a lot of flaws within myself. Um, and so like identifying those like, okay, um, yeah, God has not given my Samuel, my Mary or my Lucas to anybody else. He has entrusted those souls to, um, to my husband and I. And one of the, this, um, it reminds me like in verse 24 of this prayer, um, Jesus is talking about his apostles and his followers. And he says, father, they are your gift to me. Mm. And I just like, I underline that too, because I'm like to recognize that our children, right. They are God's gift to us. Um, and sometimes it can be really hard to like, oh, that's such a cute gift in your disobedience and not obeying. And <laughs> but sometimes I do tend like as a mom to focus so much on what they are or are not doing like right or wrong um, that, that I think I lose sight that they are a gift and, and I think that they feel it, right? I think that they're like, yeah. Am I a gift to my parents? I think it's so important for parents. Um, do your kids know that you believe they are your gift? Mm. That they are a gift to you and how you treat them. And so I love that you brought that up, that it's important to not just focus on all like the, to focus on the externals if we're not even tending to the ones in our house. Right. You know, I love more deeply, more intimately. Mm. Yeah. No, spot on, spot on. All right. Do you want to, do you want to jump to another paragraph? Yeah, go for it. What do you got, Deanna? I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, no, no. It's okay. I, verses 17 through 20, 21, um, we're really, I have lots of circles and underlines around there. So he says, consecrate them in the truth your word is truth as you sent me into the world. So I sent them into the world and I consecrate myself for them so that they may be consecrated in truth. And I pray for them, but also those who will believe in me through their word, so that all may be one, um, consecrate them in the truth. And I circled the word truth because I feel like, especially right now, when I think about the world in which, um, our children are being raised, the truth is something that's very subjective. Um, or well, it's my truth and your truth is your truth and just the lies of our culture. And that one of the things that we, I mean, as their parents that we're called to do is to teach them what the truth is, but also who the truth is and to, um, and to protect that, I guess. And, and there's so, there's so much coming at our families right now. And um, like, you know, call it a sign of the times, but that, that the fact that, that we can't even agree on what truth is when we're having conversations with people, um, that life begins at conception, that God is love, that, you know, what marriage is, all of these different things, um, it's, it, it can feel overwhelming to think of the types of conversations that I'm going to have to have with my children and, you know, making sure that we're creating environments where they understand what truth is and that's supported. Um, but also realizing that 
God is with us on this because as overwhelming as it can be to think about the battles that our families are facing. And, and I do believe that marriage and family life is a battleground right now. And there's a lot of spiritual warfare just surrounding all of those things. Um, but that, and, you know, even backing up, um, more add to verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Um, and they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world that God's not asking, um, or Jesus is not asking for God to just put like this bubble of protection on it. Like, just let them live in a bubble and they'll be fine. But recognizing like God is with us in all of this, he's with us in the battle. He's like, prayers are powerful. The fact that we do things like the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer, and um, that we're, you know, having these, uh, like the spiritual protection uh, for, for our, our spouses, for our children, all of that. But the battle that we're engaging in as families, it's a real one. And it's, it's very discouraging sometimes when you look to the culture and, and what's going on. But there is also so much hope because Jesus knew, <laughs> Jesus knew what we would be facing. He's, he's praying for his disciples in the garden, but he's also praying for us now, recognizing the, the battles that we're facing. Um, and to maybe take time this night, cause it can be very tempting and, and very easy to fall into discouragement or to think like, how, how could I possibly raise an army of saints in my home when this is what we're facing uh, in the world? But to know like Christ, Christ knew, <laughs> Christ knew he knows um, and he's with us. And if we are clinging to the truth, if we're pursuing the truth, then I'm really, we have nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, no, I have verse 15 underlined too. the, the idea that um, they not be taken out of the world, but that you keep them from the Holy One. One of the things that my husband has been praying for, and I'm like, that's actually a really good thing to pray for. It's just, it's very specific. Is like, um, Lord, please protect them from committing a mortal sin. Mm. Mm. Um, and I just, I just hadn't thought about specifically yeah. asking, asking that. And I, I think what really got me thinking like, okay, that should really be part of my daily praises. Obviously they're going to sin, right? I mean, we all do. Um, the power of confession is amazing. Um, so to definitely frequent that, but to just, um, to just ask for that special or that additional like protection, like, okay, Lord, um, protect them from the evil one, especially from the sins that are deadly to their soul. Mm. And so I know that it can be, um, challenging, like having these conversations with our kids, especially when, like age appropriate, but I do think it's important to like, let our kids know that, yes, there are, there are things that we can do that separate us from God. Mm. And we, um, to, as a parent, to be able to say to your child, we have prayed over you and for you, mm. that this devastation never falls upon your soul. Mm. I mean, obviously it's your child's choice, right? Right. Um, and you could be the best parent and still have children who use their free will to do really bad things. But to, to I think part of consecrating them in the truth mm -hmm. is like, okay, here's our teaching. And we have been praying for you that this is never the case because of the devastation to your soul. Yeah. But to also then react with the mercy that God shows us. Right. <laughs> you know, that 
redemption is always possible. But I don't know when I, when I read that, that was just something that came to my mind because it wasn't something that I had thought to pray for, for my children. Mm -hmm. Um, But since my husband started doing it, I'm like, okay, so that's, that's a really good thing to pray for. Yeah. (laughs) That I wouldn't have thought about because a mortal sin takes us out of the state of grace. Mm -hmm. Um, and we know by our faith that if we, um, if we die in the state of grace, then um, our destination is heaven, right? We may have to go through purgatory first, first. but um, but if we know as a truth of our faith that mortal sin takes us out of the state of grace. And so, I don't know, for some reason that has just been in my heart and my kids are young. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so knowing like, that we have that authority as parents to pray mm-hmm. those types of prayers for our kids, and it's our responsibility to pray those types of prayers. And I know in the future we'll probably do episodes on well, what do, what do you do when your kids decide to reject that or when they leave the faith? Um, because that's that's very devastating. But but recognizing like okay, but it's still my responsibility as the parent to to pray those types of prayers for the sanctification of my children. Like that's a, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Yeah. And then to, to hear, for your children to hear you say, Lord, protect them from ever committing a mortal sin. Like if that becomes part of your daily prayer, like they're going to hear that. Right. And I, when we repeatedly do stuff now, I'm not saying that that is obviously going to protect them from it, mm-hmm. but I think those habitual things that right. we make the effort to convey um, you know, Oh, definitely. And praying over our children that they know that they experience the relationship with Christ, that they, that they have that intimate relationship with Christ and like reading passages like John 17, that they would be able to know, like, that's, this is what God wants for you. This is, this is the prayer that, you know, we have for you as your parents, but, but that Christ himself is calling you to himself. Um, So yes, to be protected from um, that, they don't commit mortal sins and that they, um, that they draw close to the love, to the truth that is Jesus Christ in, in all things. Like that's our job (laughs) as parents. Yeah. And then one of the things that, I mean, it was actually in our last episode with Father um, Josh Johnson, um, you know, he was talking about prayer. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that people go, Yeah, he said something, I mean, all of it was really good, but he said something that really stuck with me is he says, um, like as individuals, it's really important that we develop um, a habit of like intentional prayer, Mm. even important for your children. Right, that your children, that you help your children develop intentional prayer. Um, now, what that looks like is definitely going to be different depending on their age. Um, and it's hard because um, like there are certain devotions I have felt called to, but that's been after like some prayer and discernment and allowing God to speak to me. Um, how do we help our children do that? And I think one of the greatest places to start, um, and it, it's in verse 17, um, is that your word is truth. Mm. So getting them familiar and comfortable with scripture. Um, and of course there's age appropriate, like Bibles and my kids love this action Bible that we have. <laughs> um, and my daughter reads it all the time. Um, and, 
so that has been really cool to see. Um, now, I don't know if she's reading it just for the story or if there's like some prayer connected to that, but she's being introduced to the word of God. Yeah. Um, and it's something that she's voluntarily doing. Mm. And so I think that that, that is um, a really good place for parents to start, mm. um, especially when we're talking about, okay, um, consecrating them in the truth and knowing that God's word is truth. Mm. Um, allowing your children to like experiment with like intentional scripture prayer, you know, and that can happen so young. Like if they're littles, get them the picture Bible yeah, um, and let them, you know, look at it. And you can even ask them questions like, what do you notice? Um, what are, what do their faces look like? Do you notice any colors? What do you think is happening? What do you think Jesus is saying in this story? Um, though that help them draw out or to even think about those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I know. Now hopefully, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, hopefully that will ignite um, this like this uh, desire to learn God's heart. Oh, yeah. Uh, by asking those questions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, desire to know God's heart. I really, I really like that. Um, and I know that it's it's sometimes surprising what my children will say when we, when we do things like that, like looking at pictures or just asking them like, what do you think? Or, or even just in prayer, asking them what they want to pray for and the things that are on their hearts. It's, it's so pure and so beautiful, but I think sometimes our children will surprise us and they'll actually lead us closer <laughs> to God. Oh, for sure. Their, their childlike, um, childlike vision. And uh, yeah. But yeah, to, to really spend some time asking those questions. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I just, I think one of my biggest fears is like a parent um, is that I don't do my part in um, making sure that they're consecrated in truth. Mm. You know what I mean? But I, but two, sometimes, um, we, I know we've talked about this in like past episodes, that idea of like, um, it's hard to relinquish control and you just want to grasp. It. And I think I do that in terms of the faith. Um, like with my kids, like, Oh, I'm, I'm too scared to hand them over to God. Like I have to do everything that I can. Well, we have the sacraments too. Right. And, I have to, and I have to trust that, right. That, um, that yes, like, and that's what I would say too, like with, with parents, like trust that God is working in the sacraments. The church makes them available to our young uh, you know, baptism, God's grace is in that confession, take them often when they receive first confession, um, the Eucharist, bring our children to mass, right? Um, I mean, there's nothing that replaces these things. And that's what I love too, about being Catholic wow. is that I know God is working. Um, they are, they're already consecrated because of the sacramental life of the church, Right. God has already called them by name. Um, and so one of the things that I had to remember is like, okay, I don't have to do all the work. Like there's work that I do have to do, right. Um, a mission that God has set before me, but God is so active, um, in the life of the church. And so attaching ourselves to the life of the church, to the sacraments, I mean, there's nothing that really, I feel like we don't have to be super creative. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. consecrate like making sure that our kids know truth, right? Um, 
connect them to the vessel of, of truth that, that Jesus gave us, right? Um, his bride, the church, and to let that be a part of your home. Amen. So. Amen. No, I love Sorry, all I get really fired up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love all of that. I love all of that. And I hope this is, has been really helpful for folks as we're starting our Lenten journey and just thinking about you know, how do we, how do we tackle the, the beast that is Lent, or it can feel like the beast of Lent. For me, I know the season of Lent is the one I like the least, but the one I need the most and walking with our families in that. Um, but also recognizing like God is giving us the, the inspiration, the, everything that we need to draw our children to unity with the the heart of christ um we have it we've we've been given that grace and that authority but but i love the idea of of really praying through chapter 17 of john's gospel as a parent and really taking those intentions to to the heart of christ 